Hi, thank you for tuning in to the Finding Harmony podcast with me, your host, Harmony Slater. Hello and welcome. This is, I think, my fourth episode of Finding Harmony. It's very exciting to be starting a new uh, podcast and I'm so happy that you've tuned in. I'm here again with Russell Case, my husband. Um, We've been asked to talk about um, what it's like to come together as a blended family. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's a topic that isn't talked about so often and maybe especially from the male perspective. And so this is really... Do men have that? Men have their own perspective, yeah. (laughs) This is really going to be some questions for Russell and what his experience is like. So for me, obviously, I have a very close bond with my son, Jediah, who's now nine. Um, And we've always been very, very close. And so uh, when his father and I split up, it was challenging uh, in all the ways that uh, splitting up from a partner is. Mm -hmm. But Jediah and I always had a very close bond and maintained that close bond throughout the transition period. And when he came to meet Russell, that introduced a new element into his life, a new authority figure Mm -hmm. and a new person. And so I think for him, I I don't want to necessarily speak for him exactly, but... It did take a little bit of time to uh, accept or come to terms with what kind of role you were going to play in his life, I think. Yeah, it's, it's a, it, that's a complicated bath for sure uh, to, to, to be an authority figure, uh, parent, um, to be introduced as your, uh, your mother's lover. That's an that's an odd that's a that's a tough thing to swallow all at once. And so he was uh, five years old when yep. you first met. I met him when he was five. Yeah, just about to turn six. Right, he was just about to turn six. So it's been a, just over three years, almost three and a half years now since yeah. you first met. Yeah, that's right, three and a half. And when you first met, uh, you were introduced just as like a friend, a friend of the family, and I remember you. Uh, sat in the back seat with him always. Yeah, I was going to bring that up. Yeah. Actually, that was intentional. Um, I did. I did two things. One, the first thing that I did was instead of sitting up front with you, and being the the foreigner in the special seat up front, I was going to be his companion in the back seat. I was going to tickle him and play with him and give him a lot of attention. That was very intentional and very tactical that I wanted him very quickly to see me as a playmate and a friend. And not a threat to his relationship. And not a threat to his relationship to his mother in any way. I was someone that was contributing to his good time. And that's that's what I wanted right away. I think he felt that. I think he uh, really accepted you into his life as sort of a friend and a... A playmate and someone yeah. he really looked looked up to and still looks up to to this day. Yeah, I, I think he thought I was cool. I was into comic books. I was into superheroes. I was a male figure that he could m- potentially examine as someone to model himself for 
there were things that about me that he was going to choose. I like that. I like the way that he, you know, he carries himself in this way or that way. I had been through this. Yeah. I'm 45 years old. I was 42 at the time. I had had my share of stepfathers. Yeah, maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. Well, I, I let's see. Um, my father was my brother's stepfather. Mm-hmm. And I saw they had a terrible relationship. It was authoritarian. It was sometimes violent. Um, my father made special allowances for me that he wouldn't give to my brother. Horrible mistakes. He was between my brother and his mom. Mm -hmm. Horrible mistakes. Um, Then I got a stepfather for a little while, Phil. Phil was um, uh, tough on David again. Um, He was um, an army captain, a Vietnam vet. He He was bipolar. He was not trying to be anything to me, but just, you know, uh, and I, I never felt threatened by him either. Um, and he was someone that my mom was associated with, but he wasn't coming between me and my mom. So there was, he was doing things differently than my dad had done mm-hmm. that were better. Yeah. But he was still batshit crazy. <laughs> yeah. The next stepfather... Jim, who's now been in the family 20 years, and and we see as family, uh, I will, I, I call Jim my stepfather, but my brother won't. David said he was kind of too old for that sort of thing by the time he come around. And, you know, I was cool with it. I was, I think, um, I must have been 25. Yeah, I was 25. And so I, I would call Jim my stepdad, and you know, and... I I knew that, you know, he had his own set of problems. He exacerbated my mom's um, um, hyperreactivity. Mm-hmm. So they were hyperreactive together. And so nobody liked being around them because they snipped at each other all the time. Um, but Jim would sometimes vent to me about mom, which was cool. I could let him do that and not get re- not react to it. But he was just my buddy, and we would see concerts, talk about music, talk about television, talk about Star Trek, and just do all those things, and that was cool. So he started out as just just a buddy, and he's evolved into family. Uh, And so I consciously decided to be Jediah's buddy, Mm -hmm. knowing in the back of my head that there was going to be a time where boundaries would have to be set. And I'm, I don't, I don't mean to brag, <laughs> but I'm good with kids. You're excellent with children. Everybody actually. says that about me. I'm good with kids. Mm-hmm. You treat kids like adults, treat adults like children. <laughs> and so I'm good with kids. I'm good. I'm, I've been in education a long time and I can play with kids and have a great time with them and they light up playing with me and it's cool. Yeah. Children really are drawn to you and they really... Uh, respond to you very well and you're you're really great with them so you definitely had uh, all of that going for you coming into the relationship as a lot right. of uh, positive energy around children and yeah uh, being with children and educating children and 
uh, helping them to understand even their own emotional states. I think you're really yeah. great with that. Yeah, and I, I, I take joy in it Yeah. as well. With, with Jed, and I don't know if you want to um, transition to this period yet, mm-hmm. but with Jed, you talked about your very close relationship with him. And as an outside observer, as a foreigner to the, to, the, to, the, to the environment, I felt that his relationship to you was sometimes overly familiar and that he didn't respect you as, as an authority figure. And he would get really uh, shirty with you, as they say in England. He would get a little... Um, uh, he would talk back constantly. Yeah, he's a little bossy. And I didn't care for it, but it wasn't my place until I observed your brother treating him. Yeah, my brother also has two children. And two so girls. He's a, he's a father of two young girls, one that is the same age as Jedi and one that's a couple years older. And mm. so he's well-versed in parenting. parenting. Yeah. <laughs> and so one time before I moved down to Calgary... I moved to Calgary uh, April 1st, two years ago. And I I heard about this happening. I think it was March or February. I heard about this. And I was really intrigued by it. That that Adam, your brother, had sat Jediah down and given him a talking to about being respectful to his mother and needing to learn respect. And I knew why. Everyone knows why. Because he's bossy. But he's bossy and he talks back because in his heart, he knows he's funny. Yeah, he's very funny. He knows it. And he <laughs> is funny. And he's a super funny little kid. And that's the kind of kid that could get into stand-up comedy and do really well. Because he because he's always been funny. And he's always going to be funny. And he knows how to be funny. And he's such a brilliant, beautiful child that he can get away with being funny. Yeah, he gets away with a lot. He gets away with a lot. He gets away with a lot more than he should, right? <laughs> yes. So when he talks back to you, there's an element of it where he feels like he's in a, um, uh, um, what do you call it, a patter? He's a... Uh, he's riffing. He's riffing. Yeah, he's... Um, he is... He knows... He feels it's a game. And yet, the kid needs to learn that there are some responsibilities and ways of respecting people like his teachers that's going to actually cause a lot of problems for him. If he doesn't learn that. And so, I felt walking into the house, all of us together, and and it's a weird situation, right? Because it's only going to be two weeks of the month, right? Because the other two weeks, he's, he's with his father, as he should be. But with two weeks, he's with us. Mm-hmm. And I felt like the the tactic that I was going to take at that point was to continue to be his playmate, which was very be going very successfully. We could play together and wrestle together very well and have fun together. But there was going to be a boundary that I was going to set up immediately. And the boundary was he was going to respect you. Mm-hmm. He was not going to call you names. He was not going to um, be violent with you, mm-hmm. as boys can be. 
he was not going to hit you. You know, he was not going to uh, talk down to you. Mm-hmm. He was not going to get away with not doing what you told him to do. So if you're upstairs, he's downstairs. He's come upstairs, bring your bring your plate. If it really meant anything to you, you would have gone downstairs and told him. That's what he's thinking. He's just <laughs> down there. He's ignoring it. Yeah. And then suddenly, Daddy Russ <laughs> is now in his face, looking at him. Your mom told you to go upstairs. Where are you? It's like, uh, oh, turn the TV off. Take your plate. Go upstairs. And so there's a shift there where his playmate has this other side to him, which is the guy that comes and tells him, your mother told you to do something. Do it. Yeah, you're the enforcer of of my requests. Right. I'm the enforcer of your requests, and I'm the maintainer of your dignity. Now, everyone in Radioland here mm. understands that it's an illusion, because there are no consequences. Yeah, no. I can't beat him. No. <laughs> I can't do to him what my mother did to me. <laughs> Right? So uh, there's only so much I can do. I can get in his face. I can turn off the TV. Yeah. That's a consequence. Mm-hmm. I can turn the phone off. Yeah. And I can pull the car over. <laughs> yeah. But I, I can't do anything else. And so those things are actually you know, like pretty effective. And so when he would talk smack to you in the car, mm-hmm. trying to be funny, I'd pull the car over, turn off the radio, and I would sit there... Because, oh, I can sit a long time. <laughs> I've done Vipassana. Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can sit there 12 days. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, 10 days, one morning, one afternoon. Right? So I can sit there 10 days with nothing to do. I can look at the trees and be amused by trees. Yeah, we grew up in a time without uh, cell phones and computers. And right. We just had transistor yeah. radios. He can't hack it. <laughs> He's in the back seat. And he's he's been entertained constantly since he uh, has been conscious, yeah. and he can't take not being stimulated. It's a problem. It's difficult for kids it's these days. It's really difficult for him, especially. Well, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know all the kids. Yeah. But all the kids in this continent. <laughs> yeah. They're struggling with that. Yeah. How and to so, just sit and be bored without being stimulated? So I pull the car over. He's crying. TV, the radio's off. He lasts about ten minutes, and then the whole thing like, well, you're gonna be, you're gonna apologize to your mother, but that's it. We're gonna sit here, and so that lasts about ten minutes until he finally comes around. He's like, I have to get out of this situation. <laughs> He's a very stubborn, stubborn child. Also, I mean, I remember when he as, was as well as your husband. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you're both very stubborn. But he would, I mean, he can sit a long time, too, if he doesn't want to do something. He's Ten very... minutes is a long time for him. <laughs> yeah, now. Not for me. Now it is. <laughs> Not for me. Yeah, so that was a difficult transition. Mm-hmm. He became accustomed to it. And he's, and I think the, why I think the tactic works for me is that it's not about me. Yeah. I'm not defending myself. I'm not saying you can't talk smack to me. It's about your mother. Your mm-hmm. mother is the most important person in your life. You're not going to treat her that way. 
Mm -hmm. I'm telling him something he already knows. Yeah, it's true. Like, yeah, I know my mom is the most important person in my life. Then you're going to treat her a particular way that shows that you love her. Don't you love her? (laughs) Do you want her to feel good or bad, Jediah? How do you want her to feel? I think um, in doing that, in setting those boundaries around his attitude or his behavior towards me and my requests of him or Mm -hmm. our interactions, um, shifting the power dynamic so he realizes that he's not like the little boss or the little one in charge, Mm -hmm. which sometimes he gets in his head that he is, you know. But I think your ability to do that, to set those boundaries, actually has um, set up a large degree of respect uh, that he has for you. And so he always is very conscientious when he's speaking with you or interacting with you. He doesn't try to push uh, those boundaries so much when he's around you because you're enforcing those boundaries for me. And so mm. it's developed a really nice sort of, I think, connection between everyone because you've never had to really do that with you yourself for mm-hmm. yourself because he already is very respectful with you. Mm. That reminds me. Mm. That's something that I really dislike about your family. Great. <laughs> <Right. laughs> so what your family does, which drives me insane, is... Um, like, for example, when we watch TV, in the Case family, I don't know how it is for these people in Radio Land, but in the Case family, <laughs> the television is sacrosanct. Oh, yeah. We don't care about the television. When the TV is on, <laughs> everyone is quiet and respectful. See? Now, in your family, you talk over the television almost constantly, and it drives me out of my yeah. mind. And you also interrupt each other. And it's a fun Italian family, <laughs> right? Now, you're not Italian, you're Scottish, you're Calgarian, you're... Canadian. Canadian, <laughs> you're Scotch-Canadian. That's cool. You guys got your own culture, and I know that I'm in a different culture. Okay, I accept that. This is part of the culture that I don't like. I think when someone speaks, they shouldn't be interrupted. <laughs> and you shouldn't interrupt other people. You know, so that's just how I, that's how we are in Illinois. That's fine. So (laughs) what I insisted on is that if Jediah was speaking, he was not to be interrupted by his mother. Yeah, that's true. It's like, and then like, you can hold on a second, mommy. (laughs) I'm listening to Jediah. And then if, and if he interrupts, I say, one moment, Jediah, you're interrupting mom. Mom finishes her speech, and then I always, I never forget, I always say, Jediah, you were going to say something. Yeah. And then he has a kind of autonomy. Mm-hmm. He, has, he has power in the relationship. His speech is as valued as anyone else's. And that makes him feel valued and also patient because mm-hmm. he knows he'll get his turn. Yeah. And then also... Me, Russell, I'm not going to be interrupted, hopefully. Hopefully. (laughs) I'm waiting for that. How, um, one last question. He's so sweet, though. He says, I'm sorry to interrupt. Yeah. He's so sweet. (laughs) Yeah, now he's learned that. He's learned that. It's amazing. (laughs) Excuse me. Excuse me. 
<laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Do you like Spider-Man? Do you know Spider-Man? <laughs> I said, yeah, Jedi, we know Spider-Man. We've known Spider-Man the whole time. Yeah, yeah go on. <laughs> um, you know Spider-Man, right? Yeah, we know him. <laughs> <laughs> so what's your uh, personal, what has been maybe like the most challenging thing about entering into this dynamic um, and also the most rewarding thing about entering into this dynamic? I, I don't like the way that everyone's just comfortable with nudity. <laughs> I don't like that part at all. I'm trying to instill in the house, one, no interruptions, and also, if you're naked, you should be in a room closed by yourself. <laughs> or wear a towel. <laughs> that's, that's clothing. Yeah. Okay, towel is clothing. <laughs> so uh, that's been the most challenging, is that. Uh, honestly, that's fun, but I mean, it's... I. It's like I'm trying to like, like create a civilization all by myself. Um, the challenging thing is, is the pride. Uh, there's a pride issue for me. I may not have ever spoken to you about it, but they're like, so one time he came back from his dad's mm -hmm. and he had obviously had some kind of talk about how Russell is going to be your stepdad. You guys were getting married in the summertime. He's going to be your stepdad. Mm -hmm. And so the, the worst thing for Jeff happened is that Jediah got in his head. He's like, oh, I should start calling uh, Russ dad, yeah. which is probably the last thing that Jeff wanted. <laughs> but so he starts calling me dad. And it's very specific circumstances that he calls me dad. And it's like when he wants to learn something or, you know, he wants help. with something. dad, you know, do that. And I love it. It breaks my heart. Yeah. And then other times he calls me Russ. Yeah. <laughs> and I like, it makes me a little sad inside. It's like, why can't I be dad all the time? Why do I have to be Russ sometimes? I don't want to be Russ. I want to be dad. Yeah. Like I, I'm really, I feel, I feel really close to him. You know, I want yeah. him, I want him to be my stepson. I want him to be my son and I want him to call me dad. And I find that really tough, you know. And I and I ref I will not correct him. Yeah. Because it's up to him what he calls me. What I am to him is up to him. Yeah. Yeah. And is that also then the most rewarding thing, or is there another thing that you found easy, or that has come naturally, or that's uh, filled some sort of hole in your soul <laughs> yeah i mean it's is it's being lonely here without jadaya right the two of us yeah it's t it's like we've just we've been together now in quarantine like three weeks he went off to see his dad today and like the hours is like going by like like icicles melting it's just like <laughs> this is taking a long time yeah we miss his energy don't we, we miss his energy yeah yeah and it's fun I mean, there's a rhythm to the day um, and so yeah, that's, that's been, it's incredibly rewarding to have that relationship, to have that cuddle, to be someone when he wakes up, he wants to come and cuddle me. Yeah. Like that's that I'm, I can be that he can trust me enough to be that guy yeah. that he comes and cuddles with me because he likes to having a cuddle when he wakes up in the morning. Yeah. It's nice. It's amazing actually. Mm-hmm. When he was five, six, we used to sit in a chair together and play video games. Yeah. Which was awesome. He'd just sit on my lap. 
he does, he's nine now. He doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> but that was that was really cool. I really liked that a lot. That was just you know that was awesome. Uh, the other very rewarding thing is just how much he learns over a period of of a year. Mm-hmm. And what he's doing now, one year later, that was impossible a year ago, is amazing. Yeah, it's amazing seeing what he consumes and learns, how he is is so clever to be able to slightly alter and change his his manner with us. Yeah. He learns mm-hmm. and then alters things. Like he remembers that stuff pissed us off. Yeah. And then does change. Yeah. So like I know adults who can't do that. Yeah. It's they true. Continue to like, you know, to 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 stick their finger in the bleeding wound every day. Yeah. You know. And but he learns and is it's it's awesome to yeah, see. Yeah, children are so aware. They're so observant and oh, No, your child is special. I don't think so. That's what I'm I mean, I do say. think he's special for sure, yeah, but I do that think that it's a, a beautiful gift that children have that they can adapt so quickly and they learn and they grow yeah. and they assimilate and they yeah. create new things out of that assimilation. Yeah. And it, they do it at such a rapid speed yeah. that adults, I mean, we just can't barely keep up. I don't know. <laughs> a year ago, he couldn't sit and do any any schoolwork at all, one year ago, yeah. by himself. Yeah. And now he does an hour, does a half hour of Kumon by himself with no supervision in another room. And he's he's fine. Yeah. He likes it if we're sitting in there with him, you know, but he's he can do it, which was unthinkable a year ago. And I didn't know if he'd ever do it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and you're, you're, you get into a place where you're like, I don't know if he's ever going to learn this. You know, like there were things that we were struggling with that maybe were too personal to talk about with him. Yeah. You know, I've, now I've, I've titillated the audience, but... <laughs> You just see, like uh, sleeping in his own bed. Sleeping in his own bed. Is Not like ever, getting up and coming into our is room. Is he ever gonna sleep by himself? Yeah, and then just one day he, he just, just stopped. Yeah, sleeps by himself. Just now. sleeps by himself. Now. Yeah. I was like, oh wow, okay, that did change. I thought he was gonna be like seventeen sleeping with us. <laughs> you know, I don't know. It changes so quickly. Yeah. Well, we're sure glad that we have you in our lives to. Oh. Create structure and boundaries in a little <laughs> mini civilization. You could use more structure and boundaries, <laughs> sweetie. You really could. Yeah, I'm a little old for structure and boundaries now, but... <laughs> Are you entering the Taoist period of your life now? I'm fully immersed in the Taoist yeah. period yeah, of my life. Okay. Good for you. <laughs> and uh, thank you for sharing. If you have any questions at all, we would love to hear from you. Yeah. It doesn't have to be about parenting, but uh, we're happy to record some more of these episodes. And please send us your questions. Send us uh, anything that you want to know or you'd like to hear us talk about. We're super excited to share these ideas and thoughts and uh, stories with you. And hopefully you find them helpful and beneficial. And and really, you're not alone in the world. These are these are problems these are complications these are issues that come up for all of us no matter what stage of life we're at and it's it's nice to know and to be with other people who have gone through 
uh, difficult periods and are creating beautiful art out of messy yeah. situations. That's Richard Pryor, man. That's what he does. He has a disaster <laughs> and he makes a funny story out of it. It's yeah. beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we do. We're just trying to find harmony. But we're finding <laughs> harmony. Yeah. So we hope you're finding harmony too. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for listening to this episode of Finding Harmony. With me, your host, Harmony Slater. You can find out more information on my website, harmonyslater.com. And I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Standing in eternity's shadow Watching the breaking waves There's a hard wind and the soil